content disclaimer. Under Section 107 of the Copyright Act of 1976, allowance is made for fair use for purposes such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarship, and research. Fair use is a use permitted by copyright statute that might otherwise be infringing. Nonprofit, educational, or personal use tips the balance in favor of fair. Additionally, this podcast is not intended to incite hate towards any particular individual or entity, but for the purposes of consumer education and consumer protection. Stop, you guys. I'm going to give you some facts about Diamond, okay? So, Write these down because they're really cool to know. Um, number one, not only do diamonds come in all shapes and sizes, but they also come in a wide spectrum of colors. Why am I telling you this? Because there is not one size fits all for a diamond. It's not just one vision. It's not one person. It's not just one specific type of person that goes diamond. It's every single one of you. As I look at this screen of a bunch of different faces, you're all different and you're also unique in incredible ways. And you're called to go diamond because you, there's no, there's a glass ceiling here. There's no cap. You can do whatever you want to with this business. And every single one of you are capable and able to go diamond every diamond diamond that's ever promoted in this business is different and that's what I love so much about diamonds the second thing diamonds are brought to the earth's surface by explosive volcanic eruptions and this one is super cool for me to read because as a diamond when I've seen people go we maxed it out um, when I see people go diamond, they're on fire. They're excited. They're shouting out diamond from the rooftops. They're literally exploding with energy. And so when you think about going diamond, that means that you're a leader. You're a top 1% of the company and you were formed by a volcanic eruption of fire, excitement, fiercity, of leadership, of all the things that we embody as a diamond. And so when you think about what does it take to go to go diamond a volcanic eruption you making that decision and rising to the fire to make that promotion happen and that is i think that's so cool and it gives me chills just even saying that a quarter whatever the math is to diamond and so if we let this be the roadmap of really just filling out this sheet that is worth four thousand dollars if you fill it out and teach every single person that comes in to do that too that is how we'll get those fat, juicy diamonds. I was just like, I need kindergarten level. If I can learn something super simple and it's duplicatable, then anybody can do this business. And so I know that you are excited because of generations. Yay! Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Recovering from MLM podcast. My name is Nikki and we are doing an exclusive episode today. So if you're listening to this episode, that means that you paid the 99 cent per month fee to be able to hear this Zoom. And I want to talk to you guys about that just a little bit because I've been getting a lot of questions. There's a couple reasons why I'm doing this. Number one, um, just to be super upfront, I think that it's a great idea to be able to monetize your content. And especially whenever you are bringing forward content that is very raw, content that goes very deep into specifics, things that are like deep dives. Obviously, I'm still going to be doing a lot of podcast episodes that are free. Um, so there will still always be that free content. But I did want to start a more exclusive side to my podcast. It was actually a recommendation that I got from several of my listeners where I just go really, really deep instead of just kind of scratching the surface. And a lot of you guys were asking for more Zoom content. 
things like that. And I just thought, you know what, with all of the effort that it takes to make those and all of the hours that I spend into preparation for Zooms like this or for podcast episodes like this one, um, why not just go ahead and monetize it? So that's what the 99 cent fee is about. Um, this is going to go into funding, like getting better equipment for the podcast, things like that. Guys, I'm so excited. So today we are just going to kick off right now. I, this really doesn't have very much, um, filler in it. It's just a very straightforward, um, podcast. I'm not very sure how long this is going to be, or if it's going to be more than one part, um, but we're just going to jump in and we're going to start talking about the culty tactics behind MLM. Now, I just want to preface this with a little bit of extra information because I feel like it's really important to kind of paint all of the angles before we start talking about this. Because I know for a fact, as someone who was previously in um, the MLM industry, that for me, whenever people start talking about the culty tactics behind MLM and I was in an MLM, I would get really angry, which I'm sure anybody who is in a cult uh, feels angry whenever their cult is called out. Um, But upon much research that I've been doing over the past few months, I have found so, so many similarities between MLM and cults. And I just want to go ahead and preface this by saying, you know, disclaimer, everything that I'm saying in this episode is my opinion based on my own experience in the MLM industry. I'm not saying this is Bible. I am not saying this is fact. I'm not saying that every single MLM company in the world is a cult. I'm not saying that it works as a cult. I'm saying that they have some pretty uh, striking similarities in my opinion. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, Let's just go ahead and dive in. I want to give you guys a little bit of information before I start going into like the meat and potatoes of this episode. So let me just give you guys the definition of a cult. Now, according to Bing, if you search on Bing definition of a cult, it comes up with several different definitions. One of them just really didn't uh, fall into this. It was more like like for like cult films and stuff like that. So I'm just going to give you the first two definitions. The very first one is a a system of religious veneration and devotion directed toward a particular figure figure or object. For example, quote, the cult of St. Olive, uh, end quote. So the other one is a relatively small group of people having religious beliefs and practices regarded by others as strange or sinister. Um, For example, quote, a network of Satan-worshipping cults, end quote. Sorry, guys, it's like what the... (laughs) <laughs> the Satan worshiping cult was what it gave me on uh, on Bing. Um, I also wanted to just kind of give you guys a little bit of information here. So now according to www.psychologytoday.com, um, an exact excerpt that was taken out of one of their um, blogs that they had put up It states, and I quote, most MLMs use tactics of recruitment, financial manipulation, and the promise of large profits. But like all cults, they employ thought control, magical thinking, thought stopping, and self-blame. Failures are blamed directly on the consultants for lack of hard work or competence. And we're going to talk about that uh, way more in depth on this episode 
But I went actually onto psychology today because I just really found that little part that I just read so interesting. And I really wanted to kind of dive into that a little bit more. And I actually came across uh, an article that was written by a doctor. He's a PhD, um, Stephen A. And I hope I don't mess up his last name. Hassan is H-A-S-S-A-N. Um, and it says, and I'm just quoting this excerpt here. He says, multi-level marketing groups operating operate much like cults. MLMs manipulate, recruit, and maintain members the same as cults do. According to research by the FTC, a whopping 99% of recruited sellers lose money in an MLM venture. That means that just 1% actually turn a profit. An article on magnifymoney.com reporting a survey involving 1,049 multi-level marketing scheme participants of a variety of MLMs found that most people were making less than 70 cents an hour before deducting business costs, and 60% of participants said they made less than $500 in the past five years. That anybody would stay in MLM for five minutes, let alone five years, for an annual profit of about $100 seems ridiculous. To understand how MLMs recruit and maintain participants requires examining them as cults. Most MLMs use tactics of recruitment, financial manipulation, and the promise of large profits, but like all cults, they employ thought control, magical thinking, thought stopping, and self-blame. Failures are blamed directly on the consultants for lack of hard work or competence. The group has no accountability and the leaders do not allow questions or criticism. Can I just stop right there? We're just going to end quote right there for just a second. The part where he says the group has no accountability and the leaders do not allow questions or criticism. You guys, I, whenever I read this part, have you, okay. Have you ever been in like, maybe you've been in like a relationship with a narcissist or maybe you were like raised by a narcissist or you've had to deal with a narcissistic person before and you start going to therapy after the relationship or during the relationship or once you turn 18 and move out or whatever and you have it validated by someone that or by you know a therapist or a psychologist that what you went through was really real that you weren't the problem that it was the narcissistic person like that that um, that emotional feeling whenever you find out that all of your feelings were valid, like that's literally how I felt this morning whenever I was reading, um, reading through this article where he says the group has no accountability and the leaders do not allow questions or criticism. Like I have been screaming this since the day that I launched my podcast. Like there is literally no accountability. Um, you can literally go to an MLM's corporate headquarters and be like, hey, listen, you know, this is what your leaders are doing. This is what they're teaching. And they're like, we're sorry, we're not responsible for them. They're independent contractors. Like there's no one to hold anybody accountable. Everything is just kind of all willy nilly. Do it however you want to because it's your quote business and nobody else is responsible for it, but just you. Um, and like, then whenever you go to your leadership and you're like, hey, I don't understand why this is happening or I don't understand why that is happening or I don't understand why you're successful and I'm not or I don't understand why the company says this but does this. I don't understand why this is happening in corporate, whatever, whatever. You kind of get shamed. Like it, it's almost like super, super frowned upon for you to have any kind of questioning or like criticism or like everything. And it's really crazy when I was working in corporate America, 
Um, there were things that the company that I worked for did that I didn't like. And if I voiced that I didn't like those things, I had other people like on my team and my job who were like, yeah, I hate that too. Like that totally sucks. Or I could go to a manager and ask like why it was this way and they could explain it and break it down. And sure, I may not agree with it, but I wasn't shamed for asking questions. I wasn't shamed for criticizing the way that certain things were done like you are in the MLM world. So I just wanted to drop that little piece in there because reading that this morning was so insane. So we're going to go ahead and reopen quote. Um, so I'm back to quoting the article. Um, let's see. Massachusetts lawyer Doug Brooks, an expert on marketing frauds, has said of MLMs, quote, you're trained to avoid people who question whether this is a viable business or not, which is exactly the same techniques that cults use. They try to isolate you from people who question your belief system. Recruiters can be very convincing. And that was an end quote for him. Now this is back to the, the PhD speaking. He says, recruiters can be very convincing. They use deception in all its forms, withholding vital information, distorting information, and outright lying to ensnare people who have not learned about cult mind control techniques. There is no such cultic recruit, cult, I'm sorry. There is no such cultish recruiting at, in a regular sales job end quote. So I really wanted to throw this in as I was starting this podcast because I just know there are people who have reached out to me who are still currently in MLMs who, um, you know, I, I have a friend right now and she's honestly precious. I, I went on retreat with her and I just love her so much. And she's really questioning a lot of things within the MLM and she's kind of taken a huge step back and she's kind of thinking about, you know, whether this is something that she wants to do or not. Um, and there have been some things that have been said on my podcast that she really agrees with. And then there's been some things that have been kind of triggering for her. And so I wanted to preface this for everyone, not just for her. Um, I'm not the only person who thinks this. There are people who are specialized in this field who, you know, work on a psychological level, who look at MLM and say, yep, that definitely looks like a cult. And so this is not, I don't want you guys to feel like this is something that I'm just recording and throwing off by the seat of my pants. This is something that I've been researching for a really long time. This actual topic was a huge part of my decision to leave the MLM industry because, fun fact for those of you who don't know, I was a very rough kid to deal with. Um, as a child, I really didn't mind my parents very much. I snuck out a lot. I was very, very rebellious. Truth be told, um, I was a very hurt child. I was exposed to some things um, that no child should ever be exposed to. And it made me angry. I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know how to cope with it. Therapy for children whenever I was a kid was not really a thing like it is now. Um, at least not in the South. Maybe it was in the North. I'm not sure. But it just really wasn't a thing where I grew up and where I was raised. And the way that I was raised was kind of polar opposite to everything that I know now. And I was just a very, very angry child. And I didn't necessarily mean to be quote unquote bad. I just was hurting on a level that I didn't know how to deal with or voice or express. And so I kind of just got to a place in life where I just kind of stopped caring. And it doesn't make things right. But long story short, my parents actually decided to send me to an all-girls boarding school um, because... My dad genuinely believed that this place was going to actually help me. He believed that it was going to um, do everything that it promised, you know, bring his little girl back, 
uh, it was like a reform school, like a independent fundamental, fundamental independent Baptist or whatever, however you say that. And, um, basically it ended up being a cult <laughs> and from the outside you would never know because of course they say all the right things just like with MLM in my opinion you know they say all the right things and they do all the right things but it was most definitely a cult uh that's a whole different episode maybe it's really not specific to my podcast so I don't think I'd ever talk about it here but maybe I'll do like some TikTok videos about it one day or something um but it was very very much so a cult and it actually um the people who originally started the boarding school were like in relation to like Lester Roloff. I don't know if you've ever looked into him, but it like culty AF. And so there have been some instances in MLM where I've been like, wow, that reminded me of Lighthouse. Like, wow, that reminded me of something that I went through in boarding school. And it's just funny to me because you would think being someone who spent a lot of my teenage years in an actual cult, I would know the indicators and the red flags. But unfortunately, sometimes the way that people go about these manipulation tactics, it's like you don't see it until it's too late. So I want to dive into this. Maybe it'll help someone else. And that's my goal here. I always say this on my podcast, but if you're listening to this, you're probably one of three types of people. Either you're just super interested in learning about how MLM works, um, or you've been in MLM before and you just really like the validation of hearing that you're not a crazy person, which spoiler alert, you're not crazy. Um, or number three, you're already in an MLM and you're listening to it as someone in an MLM for one of two reasons. Either A, you're listening to it because you're questioning everything within your MLM and want some sort of validation, want some sort of, um, you know, reasoning as to why you might be feeling the way that you're feeling or B, you're listening to it because you want to totally discredit everything I say, whichever one it is. I really don't care. I'm just happy that you're here. I can't tell you how many people have listened to my podcast and then reach out to me and be like, yeah, I was totally listening to this because I wanted to send you an email and rip you apart. But the more I listened to your podcast, I ended up actually leaving MLM and that's like a huge win. And I have had people message me trying to rip me apart. And I just want you to know, bless your heart. Um, you know, I'm just going to love you from a distance and wish you the best, you know, Godspeed. But um, I probably will never stop doing this podcast. There are so many different angles of MLM that I feel like I could make content every single day for two years and not run out of content to make. So, I mean, until these things are, you know, completely taken down, I don't think I'll ever stop talking about it because it, it does affect people's life. It has affected my life. And so with all that being said, um, today we're going to get a little bit more personal on recovering from MLM. Um... We're going to be talking about some of the experiences that I personally had working within the MLM industry that were very cult-like. And like I've stated before, these are just my opinions. Um, this is not me saying this is Bible. I'm just saying this is what I'm presenting to you in my opinion. You can take this information and do whatever you want with it. Um, when I was in the MLM, I didn't really realize the extent of how scary things actually were or how far into my head these leaders were trying to get, but it has really caused some serious issues for me as far as on my recovering journey. There are things that keep surfacing that I never realized were a problem. For one, um, I have been dealing with a very mild eating disorder. Uh, something that was really, really pushed was the before and afters and, you know, working in with the company that I was with, with It Works, you know, we're health and wellness and weight loss. And so there's kind of this push um in my opinion to look a certain way to fit a certain standard because it's kind of hard to sell weight loss products if you're overweight and so that kind of has caused a problem with me it's also caused some issues with me psychologically um and just in the basic most simplest form things that shouldn't even be an issue like if my phone dings I've been really working through 
feeling like the second that my phone dings, I have to pick it up or, or I'm failing at something. And it, it sounds so stupid and it sounds so silly, but hopefully by the end of this podcast, you'll be able to kind of understand where I'm coming from. Cause I do want to dissect a lot of these things. Um, there were a lot of things uh, within the MLM that I experienced that we're going to talk about. And some of those things are like the sisterhood and the zooms, the religious abuse uh, the celebrity collaborations, uh, shaming the downline for asking questions. The conference and the retreats in general were a big one, and that one's, like, really super dissected. Um, and there's some other topics that we're going to talk about as well, but I just want to kind of give you guys a heads up. This one is going to be a little intense, and I'm sorry for that, but I'm also not sorry because I feel like these are, again, are things that just really, really need to be said. So with that being said, let's dive in. So whenever it comes to culty practices in MLM, there is one topic that I want to jump into, and that is the sisterhood. And I'm actually going to have a story time here. Um, <clears throat> but basically, there is like this elite sisterhood that is preached within the MLMs. And you'll have like top income earners or even lower people who a lot of times will, you know, we were very notorious for copy and pasting our uplines posts because their posts would get so much traction and get them enrollments and stuff. Um, but they would commonly say things like, you know, if I could give back all the money that I've ever made in this business, it would be so worth it for the sisterhood, which is a lie. They would not work for free. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Don't fall for that shit. But there is a flip side to this. So we're going to talk about at face value. And then we're going to talk about the flip side to this that nobody wants to talk about. But I, I'm so excited to dive into this with you guys. You have no idea because the research that I've been doing behind this stuff is unreal. So the sisterhood in the Zooms and in the chats and at retreat and all of these things. Basically, we would get onto these Zooms that were supposed to be like coaching calls. And it would be where like a leader from another team would come on and she would talk to us and she would be supposed to be like trained. Like there would be a topic and maybe I'll find one of the graphics and post it to my Instagram. I'm going to have to think on it because I think it has like people's faces on the pictures, but they would post like these graphics for the zooms. Right. And it would be like, um, jump on tonight for, you know, tips and tricks on how to enroll distributors from top income earner, I'm just going to make up a name, um, Alicia Tiger, right? And so then um, basically we would all get on these Zooms and instead of it being an actual training, instead of someone taking out their phone and showing us step by step by step what they're doing, they would actually just like love bomb and brainwash us, which is like huge cult tactics. And it's something that was even in the article that I read to you guys earlier where it's talking about you know, how they do the the thought control and the magical thinking and the thought stopping and the self-blame. Um, some of the things that I've written them down that were quoted in these Zooms were, um, you know, you'll promote whenever it's God's will. You aren't successful because you don't want it more than air. You have to be willing to completely and totally let go to be successful. You have to speak it into existence. If you want commas in your paychecks, you need to read these books. Right. And then they would start talking after all of like, and it would be weird because in these Zooms, like these weren't just little quotes. They were just like one liners where they would just say it and stop. Like they would just go through like a whole almost like sermon. Right. And Zooms were essentially like kind of like church for us. Like I'm not a super religious person. So if you are, that's okay. I'm more spiritual than I am religious. But something that I've never really liked about the church world, no offense to anyone who does, that's fine. 
Um, but something that I never really liked was a lot of the churches that I've been exposed to were like a lot of like fluff and like, you know, emotional highs and lows. And that's kind of how these Zoom trainings really were for distributors. And so, you know, you would get onto these meetings and they would say all of these things and you would get to the end of the meeting and you're like, I actually learned nothing. But it would also create this emotion in you because like they start talking about the sisterhood and they start talking about the friendship and they start talking about like the retreats and the trips and the, you know, like these two girls that were top income earners got together one time and decided to go on a road trip together. And it just like, it makes you want that so bad, especially whenever you're like a stay at home mom that doesn't really have any friends or, you know, a single mom that works too much to hang out with their friends or, you know, a college student that's always studying and always doing X, Y, Z, and they don't have time to really like socialize with people. It makes it look so amazing. Like if I work hard enough and I get to a certain point, like I'll have all these sisterhoods, I'll have all these friendships within this business. Like I won't have to feel like I'm alone anymore. And if you look at an actual cult, like if you look at an actual legitimate cult, something that we see whenever you're researching cults and how they work is that they create this source or this sense of community, right? It's almost like a family, if you will. Um, something that I've been really heavy into researching uh, actually was Jim Jones because I actually know uh, a missionary family that were missionaries to Guyana. They've met the people of Guyana, like the people of Guyana have talked to them about Jim Jones and like the things that they remembered about him and stuff like that. And um, so basically if you if you look at people like that and it's not to glorify these people at all because what they did was absolutely disgustingly horrible but just to look at it in comparison in my opinion there are a lot of similarities I mean these people completely uprooted and moved out of the country because the cult was trying to be shut down these people did not probably did not question it they probably did not ask themselves, well, why are the feds looking into this? They probably just said, okay, you know what? This is what Jim said. This is this is Bible. This is gospel. This is sound. This is the truth. This is what we believe. This is God's plan for our life. And they uprooted themselves and moved across the country into their own, or not even across the country. They moved out of the country completely, but into their own like community, if you will, um, where they were like their own little family. These people in this, in this cult, in this group were all each other had. And in MLM, it kind of does get to a point over time where that's kind of what it feels like, because it gets to where the people that you used to be really close friends to, like, they don't want to talk to you anymore because all you do is message them and ask them to support your quote unquote business or, to put up this post for you or to buy this product or to join your team or, or, you know, you try to add all of their friends onto your friend list or you, you know, it's just, it really burns some serious bridges and it really leaves a bad taste in people's mouth. And over time, what happens is people don't want to talk to you anymore. And then your upline basically pushes that in the same way that a cult would, like if you actually listen to, um, recordings like from Jim Jones, Lester Roloff, like a lot of these big cult leaders, um, something that they will say is something along the lines of, you know, your family and your friends may not understand what you're doing. They don't have to. They don't have to support you. You don't need their support. You don't need their love. You don't need their affection because you have 
this community because you're stepping into your destiny because you're stepping stepping into what God has for you, right? And that's a lot of what happens in MLM as well. People will be like, well, my family doesn't support me. And other people will be like, girl, my family didn't support me either. And I don't talk to half of them anymore because you know what? At the end of the day, I would never take advice from someone that I wouldn't trade places with. And my family is broke as fuck. So why would I trade places? Like that's literally how... That's literally how it works in MLM. And it gets to the point where you kind of start having resentment towards um, family members and friends who don't support what you're doing, who don't support your quote unquote mission, um, because your leadership really pushes you to see that they're just too stupid to understand what you're doing. Whenever in all actuality, the truth of it is, and honestly, if you're in an MLM, just hear me, okay? Like, I can't speak for everyone. I don't have the greatest relationship with everyone in my family. But what I can say is that the family members um, that really were trying to warn me against MLM were people who really had my best interest at heart. And the first person who comes to my mind, and I've said this before, um, is my sister-in-law. You know, my sister-in-law never came to me and was like, you need to stop doing this or what you're doing is stupid or, you know, any of that stuff. She was always very gentle and very loving Um, And I honestly, I don't know if it's because that's just who my sister-in-law is as a per. My sister-in-law, listen, she's strong, that girl. I don't know what she can bench press, but it's a lot. Um, But like on an emotional level, she's a very gentle person. Like she's very, just, she's just a very kind soul. And the thing is, you know, she, I don't know if it's because she's just a gentle person or because she just could literally see completely through the entire MLM bullshit or just both. But, you know, it would be like, hey, you know, would you mind putting up this post for me? And she'd be like, you know, I love you. I respect you. I'm happy for you if you're happy. Like, I'm proud of the work that you're putting in. I'm just personally not comfortable putting this on my page. Or I'm just personally, I'm not comfortable trying this product. Or personally, I'm just not, I'm not comfortable joining this with you. And it was always in such a gentle way um, that looking back, I'm like, yeah, she she kind of tried to gently explain to me why she felt that way. And she really did try to shed light on a lot of what was happening within the MLM industry without hurting me, without coming for me. And that's something that I've really kept in mind while I've been doing this podcast is that like, that's the way that I want to approach this with other people. Because if she would have come to me and been like, oh my God, this is so stupid. You're in a cult. Like you need to wake the fuck up. You need to stop what you're doing. I probably would have never listened to her. But there was always, every time I was even recording my my stories, I would think of my sister-in-law. And it would kind of stop me from saying certain things. Because I'm like, oh, like that sounds exactly like what she was talking about, you know. Um, but here, let me just tell you the flip side to that coin for the sisterhood side of MLM and how it kind of relates to a cult. When you're in a cult and... 95% of the time, I would love to say 100% of the time, but just for the sake of the possibility of me might possibly being wrong. Um, we'll just say 90% of the time, if you are in a cult, and you decide to leave said cult, you are ostracized, you are shamed, you are shunned, you are pushed out of the community. And in a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of cases, like, your own family cannot even, like your mother is not able to talk to you anymore, right? And that truly does happen in MLM. And it's, it's not your mother, but it's 
the people who you thought were your family. It's the people who a lot of times now are all you have because you burn so many bridges with so many other people by exhausting them with your questions and arguments and limiting belief scripts and all this stuff, you know. Um, A lot of times these people are like your family and it's there is no warning and it's just like an understood thing. Like I knew whenever I started talking about leaving this industry, I knew that I was going to be ostracized. I knew that there was going to be hate thrown my way. I knew there were going to be people who got angry and aggressive towards me because the thing is whenever you're in an MLM and also a lot like in a cult, that MLM becomes your personality. Like you can't even make a Facebook post without talking about it works or thrive or Octavia or whatever company it is that you're with. Right. And So a lot of people take it super personally whenever you leave because to them you're just stupid. And like there's one girl that I even know personally that she does make a lot of money in the company, but it's only with bonuses. Like if they were to snatch bonuses off the table right now, which they have been known to do before, she would not be making very much money at all. Um, And her entire persona has become the business and you know, it's so sad because her life outside of the business is not very pretty. There's a lot of things that she's dealing with personally and outside of the people that are in the company, she really doesn't have a lot of people. And that's something that I've thought about a lot since I left is how I felt like I kind of felt cornered and trapped because I felt like the only sense of community that I had, the only sense of friendship that I had was the people in it works. And I was scared to leave because I didn't know how to post without talking about it works on social media. I didn't know how to have a conversation without talking about it works. I didn't know how to, I didn't know who I was anymore. Like I completely lost my identity and my identity became wrapped up in this MLM. And that's a lot like the way a cult works. And so then whenever the ostracizing happens and the shaming happens and the shunning happens, I feel like a lot of that happens because they're, They're afraid one of two things are going to happen. Either one, you're going to start speaking out about the fucked up shit that happened in the MLM. And then you're going to wake up other people and people from their team are going to leave. Or B, they're also afraid that you might join another MLM and start recruiting people. Either way, um, even if your intention is just to go quietly, like the shunning process is real. Um, And really the only time that they don't shun you is if they're trying to like keep you close like they did um, with this girl. And I'm going to make her name Taylor and just kind of tell you a little bit about that story. And it's there is drama involved, because if you haven't learned anything from this podcast by now, let me just tell you that it is impossible to be an MLM and not at least witness some form of drama, because for some reason, that's just the way that the shit works. So there was a girl we're going to make her name Taylor, and she was on um, my Ambassador Diamond Charlotte's team. Okay, and. Just a little bit of backstory. Taylor was um, a presidential diamond. She was pretty far up in the company. She's like one promotion away from Ambassador Diamond, which is like the top of the company. And she had, you know, gone through miscarriage. She had gone through loss. Um, Then her and her husband were able to have a beautiful baby boy. And she used to talk on Zooms to us all the time. Her and Charlotte were literally best friends. They would travel across the country to see each other. I've referenced this person before. Not sure what name I gave her then, but we're just going to call her Taylor for today, okay? And basically, what happened was 
Taylor had been with the company that I was with. She had been with It Works for years, okay, for a very long time. And, excuse me, I had to take coffee break. I'm assuming that with her being under Charlotte and being on Charlotte's team for so long and being the rank that she was, she made a pretty penny for Charlotte, I'm sure. And so one day we are on a Zoom with Taylor. Taylor's preaching about how amazing it works is, how much she loves it here, um, how much she, you know, would never leave and all this. And then literally less than seven days later, she left it works and jumped ship and went to another company. Now, there were rumors that started circulating around the team, but before she could even post on her Instagram that she was now with a different company, uh, the messages started circulating. And I personally got a text from my upline, not Charlotte, but Regina saying, hey, you need to go block Taylor. And so many people in our organization got this message. I personally did not block Taylor um, because at this point I was really questioning um, whether or not I wanted to be with It Works. I was strongly considering going to a different MLM because at the time I really didn't understand how, to me, it, to me it was a problem with the team that I was on and not a problem with MLM in general. And so I was looking for another MLM and I thought, well, if she's jumped ship and gone to a different company, like maybe that's something I could get into because I really liked Taylor. I really liked the way that she taught. I liked the way that she leads. I liked how hard she worked. I loved um, her work ethic. I loved how she was as a mother. Um, there was just a lot of things that I really loved and still love about this person. Well, fast forward, there were rumors circulating left and right within our team to the point that Charlotte basically had to get into a group chat and be like, hey guys, we're not talking about this. Like, just leave it alone. Um, you know, like she made her bed, just leave it alone, just leave it alone. So honestly, to an extent, I felt pretty bad for Charlotte because like I said, Charlotte and Taylor were best friends and this literally came out of the middle of nowhere. Like Charlotte didn't know she was leaving. I don't know how true it is, but there was a rumor that was told at retreat that she, that Taylor basically, um, joined this other company like three or four months prior to actually leaving It Works. Again, I don't know if that's true or not, but I do know that a lot of her team that was with her in It Works ended up canceling their It Works account and joining this new company. And that's also, by the way, that's illegal. Like, you can't do that. Um, it actually goes against the documents that you sign because you do have contracts that you sign whenever you join an MLM. And it does go against the It Works contract. It's a breach of the contract for sure. Um, you can't do that. You cannot leave and go to another MLM and recruit your team onto your new team. Um, however, whenever she did this, I, this is just assumption in my opinion, but I have heard that she got a pretty good chunk of money from doing that because of a bonus promotion that was going on in the new company that she joined. So lots of details going on here, but basically whenever she joined this new company and a lot of her people went with her and we all got told to block her and all this. Well, then a few weeks later we went to retreat. And while I was at retreat, it was basically like, I learned more about Taylor leaving at works at retreat than I did anything about how to work in an MLM, <laughs> which was honestly kind of frustrating to me. But there was 
two instances that really stuck out with me here that kind of reminded me of cult-like tactics. And we're going to dissect those a little bit. Like I told you guys, there's going to be some story time in here. And this is going to be a little bit longer content than what you guys are used to. So just bear with me um, because I do want to do a bit of a deep dive here. But the very first thing that sticks out to me about retreat whenever it came to Taylor and how this kind of ties into culty type stuff So Taylor had left. She had been gone for a couple weeks, maybe a month at this point. And we had just had a meeting. There was like a pretty high up person with the company who came and met with us at retreat. And the meeting had just ended. I was sitting outside. I was talking to my husband. I was so excited about the new products that were launching and also just kind of talking to him about how I was a little bit flustered because during the meeting there was nothing that I really came here for. Like there was nothing as far as like how to work your quote unquote business better, how to be a better rep, like how to be successful. None of that. It was just kind of like new products that were launching, uh, some changes that were happening within the company. It was kind of more of like just a briefing than it was anything, but it was still pretty cool stuff. And I was excited to talk to my husband because I felt like we were fixing to be filthy, stinking rich until I found out that, you know, we've talked about this, but in order to be rich, I would basically have to screw over everyone that I came in contact with and I just didn't want to be that person but moving on at that point while I was on the phone with my husband um Charlotte came outside she was on the phone and she like her hair was like up in a messy bun she had like a sweatshirt on and she was like walking out um into like the because I was sitting there was like a porch swing in the front of this like million dollar Airbnb that we were staying at that was absolutely gorgeous and um so I was sitting on the front porch swing and she was like walking out there was like fake grass in the yard and she was like walking over into the grass and she was on the phone with someone and I was not trying to listen on her conversation but I mean she's like literally standing right there my husband and I were talking and she was on the phone with the CEO of our company and she gets off the phone with him and she immediately makes another phone call and she was talking to Basically, once you get to a certain tier in MLM, a lot of companies will give you like your own assistance and stuff like that. And she was on the phone with someone who was within the corporate side of, of it works. And she was laughing and she was talking about how basically, allegedly, and I did not hear this part, so I don't know if it's Bible or not. But what she was saying to the person that I was hearing was that allegedly the CEO was going to call Taylor and threaten her with a lawsuit to kind of shut her up because Taylor had made a post about how embarrassed she was that she had ever had like this hustle type mentality, which was literally all that was taught within the company that I was with and how she was embarrassed that she didn't take maternity leave, which same girl, um, and how embarrassed she was, you know, just that she had taught so many people this hustler, mentality of just not being able to ever stop and enjoy life because you're just always on your phone and you're just always working and it just doesn't pay off and so she gets off that phone call and a lot of the things that she said on that phone call were pretty nasty um and I really can't say them without disclosing who this person's identity is but um it it wasn't a very kind conversation and it kind of had me thinking like wow you know this is kind of like (laughs) This is kind of like whenever somebody leaves a cult, you know, and they try to ruin their whole life. Like, holy shit, man, this is crazy stuff. And so then, you know, a little later on that day, the second thing that stuck out to me was later on that day, we were all sitting around the table 
um there were some people like out in the pool and stuff but there was like a big group of us sitting at the table with charlotte and somebody finally was like charlotte what the hell is going on with taylor like what is the story what happened and so charlotte begins to tell us um about how allegedly several months ago um taylor had opened an account with this other MLM and she had started little by little like trickling people over to that account having them enroll and like recruiting people from Charlotte's team into that account because you have to remember in MLM like you might have put in 12,000 hours last month you know enrolling and recruiting but technically they're not just your team, they're Charlotte's team too. And so if even though you put in the work to enroll those people into your downline, if you were to leave the company and start recruiting your own people, you're also recruiting from someone else and that breaks like that breaks the contract. So it puts you up for a lot of legal action could take place. FTC could get wind of it. Like they could shut down all of your accounts and you not be able to work again. Like it's it's just a hot mess. And so um, she basically starts telling us that she doesn't know how Taylor's going to pay her mortgage, that, um, basically she doesn't even know if Taylor actually pays a mortgage or not, that she thinks that she just rents the house, um, that supposedly, you know, Taylor's husband lied about owning a business and was just like a manager there, like just all of this stuff. And it just really looking back on that time, it's like, it's 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 kind of like whenever the cult that I was in whenever I was a teenager at the boarding school that I got sent to you know whenever a girl would leave you were never allowed to speak her name again unless it was talking about how bad she was doing because you're not allowed to think that someone who left the cult is actually having a good life outside of the cult and I mean I used to follow this girl right after I left it works I don't anymore because um Charlotte kind of helped damage that relationship but um you know I used to follow her on Instagram and I'm not going to lie. Um, the post that she would put up after she left at work, she looked happier than I've ever seen her. And I've probably followed this girl for four out of the five years that I've been in MLM. Um, so I just want to tell you guys that story. We're going to move into kind of the next section now. The next thing that they would do a lot of that is uh, falls in line with cult type type tactics is religious abuse saying things like you're not unsuccessful because it doesn't work. You're just not successful right now because God said it isn't your time yet. Using the company being a faith-based business as a front to kind of make you feel safe, to get you to donate into these um, charities that the MLMs would make, which <clears throat> I just would like to throw out there. I've been doing some research about these charities and learning that in a lot of cases, uh, MLMs, create these charitable funds so that during tax season they can get like these really huge tax breaks where they have to pay almost nothing back in taxes but the interesting part is if you actually like looked into these charities and I'm not saying this is the case for it works don't sue me I'm just saying I have seen several instances of this where companies have been caught um basically the charity that they were donating to was basically just throwing money back into their own pocket. So that was very interesting because there were a lot of charity organization type things that were pushed, um, within the MLM that I was in. Um, but just kind of like using it being a faith based business as a front to make you feel safe here because religion is involved. Um, and it kind of got a little interesting because there was like, <laughs> We're going to talk about conference a little bit more in a minute, but there was like a huge praise and worship concert at conference. But then like 
later on in conference, there was like a literal club night where we had like DJs and all of the alcohol your body can hold, like just dance party, all of this like adult music, alcohol flowing, like dancing and grinding and just all of these things. And it was just like, mm, that's confusing. You know, that's very, very confusing. And, you know, this specific company that I was with, um, they, they really liked to, you know, talk about God, talk about, um, you know, God is going to bring it when it's supposed to be. You're not, not a presidential yet because you don't work hard enough. You're not a presidential yet because God has said, it's just not your time yet, sis. And people have been like, oh, if God gave me presidential diamond my first year in the business, I would have blown every penny I got. He didn't give me presidential diamond because I didn't know how to be a good steward. I had to learn how to be a good steward and how to manage my money properly in order for God to bless that. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like corporate America doesn't tell you, oh, hey, just so you know, I'm not going to give you that raise because God said it's not your time yet. Like that's, ugh, it's so nasty. So, so nasty. I hate it so much. Um, and the weird thing is like, you kind of can't have manipulation and true Christianity in the same sentence. Like a lot of religion is manipulation. So I don't want to say religion, but you can't have like true genuine Christianity and manipulation in the same sentence because it doesn't work that way. And I promise you, God is not going to bring you an MLM. Um, another thing that was like a huge thing in the MLM industry is, uh, having like, this it's it's the shame this shaming your downline if they question the integrity of the business or the legitimacy of the MLM itself um I'll never forget there was a time where there was a girl on my team who was just she was just so discouraged and this girl I'm not even gonna lie this girl worked harder than I did okay she really busted it for MLM and for um, she just really believed in the business mission. She believed in the teamwork. She just really, really, really worked hard for this MLM company. And I, I'm willing to bet money that this girl was literally working from the time she woke up until the time she went to bed. Because there wasn't a moment during the day that she wasn't texting me, asking a question, or trying to get more information about something, or talking about, you know, announcing a new customer or a new distributor that she just, I mean, she was literally always working. And this was the first time that I was in the, the MLM. Um, but basically she worked so effing hard for like a solid six months. And finally, at the beginning of what would have been her seventh month, she announced that she was really thinking about stepping down, that she was thinking about resigning, she was thinking about leaving. And my upline had a mother flipping field day. And I mean, she lost her mind and was like, you've had so many enrollments, you have seen that this business works. Why? why would you leave? Why would you do that to yourself? Why would you do that to your team? Like really tried to manipulate her and be like, well, you know, you have so many distributors up under you who are looking up to you for guidance. Like you can't just leave them in the dirt. Like they don't matter. Just all this stuff. And the girl asked if she could schedule a zoom meeting with me and my 
upline at the time because I had enrolled her and my upline was kind of the person that you would go to if you had questions. And so, of course, you know, we set a meeting with her and she starts asking these questions that kind of made me start asking some questions. And she was like, you know, um, why is it that I've worked so hard for the past six months? I've gotten all these enrollments and my paycheck is literally only $150. She's like, this does not make any sense. I am not working this hard for just this little amount of money. You know, like she was a single mom. She did not really have help from her family. She did not really have um, much support from her significant other. And she was like, I, I have, I have worked so hard and this paycheck is just, it's not worth the time that I'm missing. Um, and you know, whenever she first started, like I said, she was a single mom. Whenever she first started, she was in a relationship and she, that person that she was with did not support the MLM at all. And they separated. I've always wondered, I've never asked, but I've always wondered if a part of the reason why they separated was because of the MLM that she was in and the fights that happened because of it, but I've never asked. However, um, she ended up becoming a single mom and she was like, I, I already don't get time with my kids as it is, you know, like this is just not worth it to me. It's not worth the time that I'm missing with my children, um, to, to work this business. And basically that upline told her, I'm sorry, but if your paycheck is only $150, there is no way that you worked as many hours as you claim you did. That just doesn't happen. Um, there was another instance where she continued to work for It Works, the same girl. And we'll just call her Clara. And she comes to the upline, my top line again. Uh, this had been several months down the line. And she's like, okay, you know, my paycheck has gone in several months. It's gone from... 150 I think that she was sitting at like three something and she says you know it's just not making sense to me like I work so hard I, I put in so much time just all the same things that she was saying again and she was like she's like I genuinely think that this doesn't work and I think that this is the reason why people have left this company before and said that they were scammed or said that this or said that that you know is because it actually doesn't work and it she's like I feel like it only works if you're at the very very top and have all of these people in your downline or if you get in really super early and once again my upline gaslighted this girl and was like it's just not God's timing yet I know that you're upset because your check was only this amount and you worked from the time that you got up until the time you went to bed. But sis, just believe me when I say that when God is ready to bless you up and down in this business, he will. You and this part like made my skin crawl. I literally had to go back through the group chat and pull this because there was a group chat that was just me, her and one other person. Um, but she said, you will just have to be faithful to him and show up for him until then because God only blesses the people who are good stewards so just even more cult mentality bullshit it's not that the MLM doesn't work it's not that you only get paid if you got in super early or if you're at the very very top of the company 
It's not that you're wasting your time here. It's not that you've been lied to. It's not that you've been gaslighted. It's that the Lord just doesn't see fit to bless you right now. So just keep praying about it. Be faithful. And the best way, you know what? The best way for you to be faithful to God is for you to show up and bust your ass so that I make money. And then eventually God will bless you. And I'm just going to say this. This is not in line with like the cult type stuff. But what I think is funny is that upline that I had, um, she ended up like buying a Range Rover with cash. And I was talking to a girl the other day that also used to be on her team with me. And she equally dislikes her as much as I do. And we were kind of chit-chatting. And I was like, you know, we were talking about life and stuff. And she had mentioned something that... um that our leader, uh, we'll call her Kara, um, had done. And I was like, yeah, like, what is she even up to anymore? Like, is she still like with it works or what's she doing? And she's like, no, she's with another MLM now. She's like a totally different MLM now. And she's, um, basically also working for this other company that I'm not sure if it's like an MLM or what it is, but they do like consultations for people who are trying to build businesses, which is really super weird because like, I'm gonna tell you right now that that woman right there has no business trying to lead people into how to run a business. Um, but she tells me this kind of funny story. Well, it's not funny, like, haha, it's funny, like ironic. In all actuality, it's pretty sad. Um, but it's, 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 it's ironic, funny, ironic, not funny, haha. But anyway, so basically she tells me about how ba- according to this other person, not sure how true this is. Um, she, the top line that we had had like bought a Range Rover, right? And she had claimed that she bought it with cash. Interestingly enough, supposedly the Range Rover was repoed. Again, don't know how true that is, but supposedly the Range Rover was repoed before she left at works. Allegedly, she is now divorced. Um, and the reasoning that this girl gave was because the husband felt so neglected. Um, and she's like in she's just in like a really sad place in life. And I can't say whether or not, you know, her and her husband got a divorce because of MLM or whatever. But what I can say is it it made me really sad hearing that, actually, because even though I really don't like the girl, I really wouldn't wish bad on her. But also it makes me wonder how many relationships have been destroyed, like actual marriages and like like significant others. I wonder how many have actually walked away like because of MLM. Um And then the other thing that I really wanted to talk to you guys about, about like the cult side of it, this is where it gets kind of deep and you're just going to have to stay with me. And hopefully this doesn't take too long because Spotify only lets me upload like so many minutes of talk time. So hopefully this does not go over because I really just, we need to talk about this. But the cultiest thing that I've ever seen in the MLM was conference. I've been to four conferences um, two in person, two virtual. And okay. So basically a conference is like, um, like, okay. You know how cults, a big thing of cults is like these huge gatherings and they keep it like super high. And it's like an opportunity to brainwash the masses. I literally cannot find a better way to describe conference than that. 
Um, I tried really, really, really hard to get a video for you guys that I could upload onto like my Instagram or my TikTok so that you guys could see. But unfortunately, they keep everything so tightly locked down that I was unable to even find like a clip of them talking during conference, which is another red flag because honestly, if you're not doing anything wrong or you like really aren't like brainwashing people and stuff, then why do you have to hide everything from the world? Um, it's okay though, because like I said, I've gone, I've been to four conferences, so I have plenty of experience and it's basically just a giant weird ass event. <laughs> so let's talk about it. First of all, the price point of the conference tickets. So this year before I left, I actually paid almost $300 for my conference ticket, which by the way, I've talked to corporate and I actually will not be getting refunded for that. That's just the ticket. Like that's just to get the wristband that says that you paid. That is not, com that's not counting your airfare um, for the plane to Fort Myers. That's not counting the hotel expenses, your food, all of that. That's just to get the wristband to say I paid to be here. Um, and during the past three years, while everything was shut down for COVID, they held virtual conferences that were like, there were like two or three of them a year. Um, and each of them had separate pricing. But don't worry, if you bought the tickets, they sell you a um, a ticket. And whenever for the virtual events, they would let you print out a uh, pamphlet that's like, fill in the blank stuff for conference. That's how I know conference was scripted because you actually had to fill in the blanks. You know, like in science class, whenever you'd be watching a video and there was like that printout sheet your teacher would give you and it would be like, dinosaurs are thousands of years old and your paper would say dinosaurs are blank of years old and you would write in thousands. That's literally how the pamphlet was for conference. So I know it was all scripted, but you also would receive a Dollar Tree notebook and a confetti popper. So, I mean, I guess it was worth the $300. No, I'm not joking. Um, the hype around going to conference. This is a big one, okay? All of the upline leaders... For one, let's talk about the shame around not going to conference. Because basically, if you don't go to conference, you're kind of looked at as someone who doesn't care about their business. And a lot of the way MLM works is peer pressure, um, you, it's a bad look on you if you're not doing all of the things that they're coaching you and leading you and teaching you into doing. So if you don't go to conference, it's a bad look and you're going to be judged for it. Not only are you going to be judged for it, but I think that the most interesting part to me is that <sighs> it kind of, people take you less seriously and all of the upline people and like the top income earner people, they basically tell the same story. And being someone who didn't really have a lot of leadership for the first three out of five years that I was in MLM, I followed a lot of top income earners and they all tell you the same story. It's that they enrolled into the business. They did like nothing really much with their business the first couple months. They went to conference and then bam, all of a sudden they promoted while they were at conference. While they were at conference, they got thousands of volume to be able to promote then they went all the way up the ranks in the next one to three years. And it was all because they went to conference. The only reason they were successful in their business was because they went to conference. And they'll say it. And I quote from Charlotte, if you want to be successful, get to conference. I'm, I'm actually going to find that. I have like so many Zoom recordings to go through. It's not even funny, but I'm going to find that in one of the Zoom recordings that I have. And I'm just going to randomly put it 
on one of my episodes. So if you just randomly hear that clip at the beginning of one of my episodes, just know I'm just, I'm just letting you hear it from the horse's mouth. Um, they teach their downlines that they need to be at conference to be successful. And I'm just going to be really honest. The four conferences that I've been to, not counting plane fare or hotels or food, the two in person and the two, well, actually, I guess that would be more than four conferences because the, the last two years that I did conferences, I went to the, I did the virtual conferences for those years, but they also did, um, virtual summer camp, spring camp and fall camp, which was like all on the computer. And those were like 80 bucks a pop. So I've probably spent close to $2,000 just on conferences. Um, and after you pay all this money for one conference, and I would, I would guesstimate it to be close to $1,000 because if you think about it, your plane ticket's typically going to be anywhere from two to $400, depending on how far you're flying food for four days plus like you know that they're going to want to go to like these bougie places that's like at least $20 plates plus the alcohol that you drink plus the drinks that you order plus you know if you decide to buy a hoodie while you're there um and not only that but paying for your hotel fee the hotel that they were wanting us to book was like over $200 for one night it was insane. Um, so I, I would say over a thousand dollars just, just to be there. Um, you would think that because you're paying all that money and because you're going on a business trip, um, it would include like hands-on training. It would include them like taking their phones out, showing you step by step by step, exactly what they're doing. Like intensive training on how to do follow-ups, intensive training on who to message, how to know who to message, how to know at what point to start the conversation, all these things, right? All of these things that are like the main questions because like all the people in MLM have the same questions. Um, but no, it's not. Actually, the thing about it is, is that your MLM is not actually a business. This is not actually a business trip. They just want to make it feel like you're running a business, Right. Which I actually found something very interesting in the actual It Works contract. If you actually read the contract, it does state that this is not actually a business, that you're a contractor, not a business owner. But then in all of their like videos and stuff, they tell you that it's your quote business, which is interesting when they don't they're telling you that you run a business, but like they don't even believe that themselves. That's insane to me. Uh, But moving on. They need to make it look like a business trip. But what they actually do is they just give you like activities focused on making you cry so like going around the room talking about how beautiful each person is um having you vent about like childhood trauma having you talk about things that you went through in your life and how hard life was hearing people talk about how successful they are and how they're able to buy a brand new bentley now whenever they first started this business they were living off of ramen noodles and all these things and they actually provide zero answers and so i wanted to give you guys one more little story time before I end this uh, podcast, uh, I will never forget my first conference. Like I will never forget my first conference. People had hyped it up so much and the team leaders were playing in the like team chat. They kept posting like all these little clips of like conference that had like music, all this like emotional music overs and like people crying and all this stuff and like how it looked like so much fun. There was like confetti shooting out. It looked like just like a giant four day uh, concert, right? And I was like so excited. Um, 
and I was in like another person's group chat because like I didn't have a leader and so whenever I got there I actually reached out to the leader that was running the group chat that I was in and actually asked her if I could stay at their Airbnb so I paid like um, $200 to be able to stay there at the Airbnb. She was the top income earner at the time. She is no longer the top income earner for Canada, but at the time she was the top income earner for Canada. And you guys, I was so fucking excited. I just knew because of everything that they had been saying that I was going to get all the tips, all the trips, all the hats. I was going to be at the top of the company by the end of that year. I was so excited, right? Y'all, I left with nothing. They did not teach not at the house, not in the seminars. The seminars were all talking about um, just like mindset, things like that. Believing in yourself, quoting people like Ed Milet and um, what is it? Tony Rogers, I think is his name. Um, and Mel Robbins. Um, and most people in MLMs have like all the same questions. So it's like, how many messages am I supposed to send a day? How many conversations should I be sending? Um, what do I say whenever someone says no to sealing the sale? Um, how do I get my downline to work? How do I chart? How do I promote? Like all of us were asking all these questions. However, sadly, I paid over a thousand dollars just to be told to pray to God, read more books, listen to podcasts, be professional and keep my mindset pure. You guys, I'm seriously not kidding. Um, and then another part that's kind of like the conferences, um, that's just these like, it's brainwashing. Like if you're not getting that from what I'm saying about conferences, it's brainwashing. They're brainwashing you. And another really interesting thing about conference is like whenever the CEO walks out across the stage, stage, people start like foaming at the mouth, crying, spazzing, like reaching for them, like, like they're God. And that's a really big thing in cults is that the cult leader is, is worshiped like they're a God. Um, and then also on the retreats that they would do, like the, um, a lot of MLM companies will do like elite retreats that you can earn by earning points based off of like enrolling and recruiting. And so then you earn these retreats and then in these retreats, they take you to like these luxury results. So resorts. So like for it works, um, I've seen people go to Margaritaville, the Dominican Republic, a cruise, stuff like that. Um, and then they would pay this hype man to come on the retreat with you and have you walk across fire and it was supposed to like get rid of your limiting beliefs and fears and stuff like that. And that is really, really culty. In cults, they do a lot of these things that are super dangerous to make you feel like you overcame something really big. And what it really is, honestly, from a scientific standpoint, is just a false sense of euphoria. It's just making your brain kind of start sending out all of these dopamine chemicals. And honestly, MLM does run off of dopamine. And that's something that they've also said about cults is that a lot of cult leaders, the reason why they're able to manipulate so many people is because they understand how to manipulate um, doing these things that cause a dopamine rush. It's kind of like the best way I know how to explain it is if you go to a casino, casinos uh, manipulate dopamine. And the way they do that is there's no windows. So you can't tell like what time of the day it is. You can't tell if it's dark outside. You can't tell if it's getting too late. There are no clocks. Oxygen is constantly pumped into the room. So it makes you feel really good and like have a lot of energy. Right. And so it's, it's like a dopamine rush because you feel good. You feel great. You're excited. There's like all these people winning. There's all these noises. There's all this excitement. It's a dopamine rush. And it's kind of like even like when you go to the club, you know, like the music and the atmosphere and the air and the dancing and the happiness and how nice the waiters are and like all this stuff. Like it's just a dopamine rush. And that's literally what MLMs thrive off of because 
at the end of the day, there is no actual substance to MLM, in my opinion. It's just constantly hyping you up. It's constantly telling you you can do it. It's constantly telling you that you can be great. You can be somebody and all these things, right? Um, and then, like, the retreat that I went on, they had this jump off of a fucking two-story dock into a lake that nobody checked before we fucking jumped to see if it was actually 30 feet deep. We just took Charlotte's word for it. Um, I made somebody jump before I did just to make sure they didn't die. <laughs> but, I mean, it was just to get rid of, like, your fears. And I even have a video where you can hear Charlotte in the background being like, let those fears go, girl, right before I jump because I was so scared to go. I'm terrified of heights. Um, they have you like write and burn your limiting beliefs. Talk about manifesting and speaking things into existence, which is interesting to me because if it's a Christian based business, why are we talking about manifesting? Because I don't believe this, but Christians believe that manifesting is witchcraft. Um, and then it's more thought training, teaching you not to really think about anything but the positive because this teaches you not to question things. And what I mean by this is that basically if you're having a bad day or you feel like this business isn't working for you or you feel like you're not enrolling or you feel like something's happening, they basically just teach you that it's your fault that you're not enrolling because you believe that you're not enrolling. And if you woke up this morning and told yourself that you were going to enroll 50 customers, then you would enroll 50 customers this morning and um, that you have to think positive because basically what it's doing is it's teaching you in a loving, it's kind of like, it's kind of like they could smack you in the nose and tell you don't question things. But if they did that, you would just question things even more. So they just lovingly tell you like, now, Nikki, listen, girl, I understand. You know, I'm your friend. I'm here for you. We are best buddies. I love you so much. Like your feelings are valid. What I want you to know is the reason that you're having these problems right now is not because this business doesn't work. This business works. Believe me, sister, this business works. I know that it works. Because I've been doing this for so long and I'm so successful and I make so much money here. But it's because whenever I wake up in the morning, I don't tell myself, look at all the enrollments I'm not getting. I tell myself I'm going to get 25 enrollments and then I do it. And so it's like, it's like teaching you in a gentle way to stop questioning things because you're just going to get the same dismissive answer. Um, so I do have to cut this uh, podcast short. I wanted to go a little bit more in depth. I'm probably going to do a follow up post towards the end of this week. Um, but in closing, I just want you guys to know that there are so many other cult-like tactics in the MLM. And again, I can only speak for the company that I know, but this is all based on my opinion and my experience and the experiences that I was exposed to within the uh, MLM industry as far as Zoom meetings and also from hearing from other leaders that also experience these same things. At the end of the day, manipulation tactics are very dangerous because they alter the way that we think. And they also teach you to go against your instincts as well as your morals. You should never put yourself in a position where you feel like you are not allowed to question things that don't sit well with you. And just remember, guys, real friends do not join MLMs. And they also don't let other friends join MLMs. I totally said that completely wrong. Real friends don't let friends join MLMs. Um, and I just want you guys to know, I really appreciate all of the community that has been built here. All of you that have been going and emailing me, checking out my WordPress, which is also now in my milkshake. Um, all of you that have already started checking out my YouTube channel. I have not gotten any videos up yet, but I will be getting some up soon. Um, and just the outpouring of love. Um, those of you who have already subscribed to my podcast, obviously, if you're listening to this, you're one of them. Thank you so much. Uh, I did not expect us to be, you know, a week ago we were at 300 and today we're at over 400 um, listeners and that's incredible to me. 
Um, and I also made a Google form so that you guys can go in and send me your MLM stories, whether it's your story about the time that you were in an MLM or an experience that you've had with someone who isn't an MLM. Uh, I want to start reading them at the beginning of my podcast. So you guys be sure to send those in. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for coming into this space with me and I hope you have a great week.